Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Ariana Bravo and this is the Autosport Podcast. It's Friday the 16th of April and after a three-week break, Formula One is back and we are in Imola. Mercedes were back on top today with Valtteri Bottas quickest in both of today's practice sessions and teammate Lewis Hamilton second fastest. The day didn't go quite as Red Bull would have liked, with Sergio Perez having contact with Esteban Ocon in FP1, and Max Verstappen experiencing issues in FP2 which ended his session after 10 minutes. Verstappen has said that as a result, Red Bull is a little bit on the back foot. Meanwhile, Pierre Gasly was a clear standout today, putting in a strong performance across both sessions. I'm Ariana Bravo, and I'm joined by Motorsport.com's F1 editor, Jonathan Noble, to discuss all of today's action. Let's start with those who are fastest today. Despite the initial concerns about the car, Mercedes were back on the top of the timesheets in both sessions today. So, John, what did you make of today's performance? Is this a sign that they've managed to make improvements to the car since Bahrain? I think the car definitely looks better. Um, They seem more comfortable. You haven't seen them, didn't see them running off track anywhere. You haven't seen them battling much. You haven't seen them complaining much. Um, but but also I think you also got to take into account we didn't see Red Bull's potential proper potential today because yeah. Verstappen had the drive shaft problem early in FP2 um, then Sergio had a, a disjointed day after the incident with Esteban Ocon early on um, so we don't know how quick we don't know how quick the Red Bull is and I think there's also the the fact that <clears throat> sorry strange day in terms of I think we're trying to get used to these new compressed sessions. So it's different run plans. People are doing different fuel loads at different times. And there wasn't much of a pace gain with the Mercedes from the medium to the soft, which is quite surprising. So 
you know, they could have been running different setups, maybe, you know, trying different error concepts. They could have been running different engine maps. Um, so still, still some uncertainty, but I think what we have, we can confirm today is this isn't going to be a, doesn't appear to be a, a Red Bull walkover weekend because there was some suggestion from Mercedes that Red Bull could rock up and they'll disappear into the distance and um, we'll, we'll re, regroup ourselves for the next race. But it looks like it's very, very tight out there. And that's what we want to see. I also saw Lewis after the sessions today saying that the weather made a difference as well. They obviously prefer the cooler weather. How much of that do you think played into how the car performed? Uh, probably quite a lot. I think there's just, you know, very different characteristics between Bahrain and, or, you know, Bahrain in March, April time and Imola in March, April time because Bahrain's really hot. The asphalt's really, really grippy. It's a high, high grip surface. Um, really high degradation um, and you're battling wind whereas Imola much much cooler exceptionally cool uh, there this weekend much less grippier surface um, the problems not degradation of tyres it's, it's graining and graining on the fronts so you're trying to you, it's a different way of managing the tyres and performance so and I think these with things appearing to be quite tight between the teams you know performances swings like this are going to be quite common over the course of the season so what didn't suit a team in Bahrain may well suit them very well in, in Imola. So, um, but again, I'll just go back to the, we, we just need these more more data points and more races to work out, right, Mercedes are quick on this type of track and this surface and this temperature and Red Bull are better on these types of corners and this track and this temperature. Max Verstappen didn't have a great afternoon. His FP2 session was cut short after about 10 minutes, as we've said because he ran into issues with his car. Are you able to shed some light on what actually happened there and what went wrong? I think the team is, team is still going through it. Um, it was a drive shaft problem, so not strictly related to, it wasn't a like, Honda engine failure or any, any big drama on that front. It was probably caused by curb abuse, I would suspect, because to be quicker around Imola, you've got to, got to bash the curbs and fly over the curbs. We saw a few, fair few drivers do that today. Um, I think the team were team were bringing the the car back for a, for a proper look, but it's a Friday Friday gearbox and a lot of Friday parts on it, so there's no problem of requiring a you know, potential for a penalty or anything like that. Um, but I'm sure the team will look at it overnight, put in any kind of causes and stuff. But it does put a lot of pressure on the team tomorrow morning to get the running, um, get some more data under its under its belt and especially understand the tyres and the performance um, over long runs. Yeah, and how much of a disadvantage do you feel that that will put Max at, having had the reduced running time today, especially in FP2? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, there's, there's um, you can kind of grade setbacks like this quite a lot. And some, if you're a team struggling at the back, then losing half a session isn't going to make a, a dramatic difference. But you know, if you're Max Verstappen in Red Bull and it's a tenth of the second difference between you and Mercedes, then every lap is important. So, and I think especially so, uh, you know, a track like Imola where it is difficult to overtake and you don't want to be starting in third place on Sunday. You want to be on, on pole at the very least on the front row. So you've got a sniff of grabbing the lead into turn one. So there is enough time to recover it. You can get the work done tomorrow if he and Sergio adapt their run plans. So, it's not a disaster for Red Bull. It's been a scrappy day. They definitely need a productive day tomorrow morning. They need to maximise that final session, get as many laps in as possible, so both drivers know exactly, you know, how they can push it in qualifying, and you know, more especially, you know, how, how to optimise these tyres. Don't go through that graining phase 
in the race or even more importantly just understand how that graining phase pans out because you can sometimes get suckered into thinking tires front tires are grained they're going off we need to pit whereas actually the tires then clean up and you can extend your stint by another 20 laps Sergio Perez also didn't have a great day today in FP1. He, of course, had contact with Esteban Ocon. Now, we weren't actually able to see what happened between the two of them because there were some broadcast technical issues earlier in the day, so we couldn't get any replays. But can you tell us a bit more about what went on there and what caused the contact between the two of them? Yeah, so the the day started in quite confusing kind of circumstances for fans because the, the TV feed was of an aerial shot of Imola with no cars on track. So no one was watching anything. Uh, then it finally came back. Then there was no live timing. Then the teams had no team radio. There was a lack of telemetry. Um, so it's obviously a pro- of F1 problem of kind of data and sending of signals, which, you know, go for, will go from Imola to Biggin Hill, F1's facility, and then that's broadcast to the to the rest of the world. Um, it appears there were some fibre optic cables had been cut or, or broken around the Imola region, so the data wasn't getting out as they wanted it to be. They've got on top of that problem, but what it did mean was there's no team radio. Drivers were struggling. Normally they're advised um, not not to, how to drive specific corners, but if you're on a slow lap, you'll be advised this car's coming up behind you quite quickly. Um, that didn't happen. So um, I think Sergio was on a a slow lap and Esteban was on a, a quick lap and they kind of uh, had a bit of miscommunication in terms of um, not knowing the other one was there and not knowing that one was on a slow lap and one was on a quick lap. So a bit of a touch, a bit of an incident. Um, they were summoned to stewards, but no no further action. Um, it was put down to miscommunication just on a, a tricky day for all the teams and drivers. Yeah, very tricky. And as you said, it was a bit bizarre for fans at home as well uh, when the session first started. But Sergio was back up and running in FP2 and set the sixth fastest time. But ahead of him was Pierre Gasly and both the Ferraris. So let's start with Pierre. Last year, he qualified P4 and today he was looking very strong. I think he was fifth fastest in FP1, third fastest in FP2. He's looking good for this weekend. What what are you thinking about him in the AlphaTauri car? Yeah, I think it does look good. I think uh, I said to someone earlier on this week, we, we were discussing Forza Imola and who was going to lead that Class B battle behind Red Bull and Mercedes. And I said, watch out for AlphaTauri just because they were, they were so quick in Bahrain. But it wasn't so obvious in the race because Pierre Gasly lost his front wing on Daniel Ricciardo's floor uh, early on. And then Yuki Tsunoda had been quick in start of qualifying but didn't get through as far as he needed to started too far back and although he had a bit of a charge he wasn't mixing it up there at that front in the McLaren Ferrari area so I think we've seen again the AlphaTauri car's quick they've tested a lot here over the winter not in the, the current car but in an old car so the driver should be well tuned in and the team should be well tuned in in terms of what the track characteristics are and how the track changes over the course of the day and wind direction and what's needed. So they should have all that. Pierre's on top form. Um, so I think they will be, I'd be surprised if they're mixing it with Mercedes and Red Bull, um, you know, all the way through to Sunday afternoon. But I could easily see, you know, him being in a, in a battle with potentially Ferrari and probably they're ahead of McLaren so far this weekend. Let's talk about those Ferraris. What did you think of their performance today? So, of course, FP2 was prematurely 
ended because of the crash that Charles Leclerc had, but it was towards the end of the session anyway. But aside from that, we'll touch on that afterwards. What did you think of their performance through FP1 and FP2, both Charles and Carlos? Quick. We saw some glimmers of it in Bahrain. Um, we, we know the team's come off a, a very bad season last year, but felt it had made progress with the engine and with the aerodynamics. Um, you know, Charles qualified brilliantly in Bahrain. A more difficult Sunday, you know, for both of them really. Um, weren't didn't really have the tire degradation they liked. Um, it was a bit more of a struggle to to fully understand the car. But um, you know, they've obviously used this three week gap before Imola to to work through all that, understand things better. Uh, and it seems well well hooked up. Um, I think Charles had an even quicker lap. Um, struck off because of track limits up at the, the top of the hill. So the, the, the pesky track limits debate still carries on. Um, but yeah, it looks solid. Over over a single lap, it looks solid. Um, but I think again, we'll we'll need to see if that um, single lap pace can can roll over into Sunday and they can look after the tyres. Because I think still, I still think that's the big question mark for Ferrari. Yeah, definite improvements there, which is good to see after last year. But what did you make of the McLarens today? Now, of course, they weren't really up there or in the headlines as such. But what did you think of the performance of both Daniel and Lando? Yeah, a bit more of a, a difficult day for them. But I think think it's just symptomatic also this that, that front end of the midfield battle being so close. So, you know, it looks like we've got Alfa, Alfa Tori, Ferrari and McLaren there. So if the front four positions are effectively locked out by Red Bull and Mercedes, um, you know, you're talking about the difference between fifth and a, a tenth place um, is, is virtually nothing. So, you know, one tenth could be put you at the you know, best of the rest or struggling to score points. So I think it's quite a, quite a dramatic shift. So I think it's symptomatic of that. I mean, maybe the teams run a slightly different programme this weekend, I think in Bahrain, there's a lot of hype around the team on the Friday when they were clearly had turned the engines up just to better understand where they can push things with Mercedes. So here, probably a little bit more conservative, probably not being as on top of the car as um, Ferrari and AlphaTauri have been, both ourselves and as observers and teams are still trying to work out the best way to approach these Friday sessions, the compressed sessions, uh, in terms of your when you run low fuel when you go aggressive on the tyres, when you do your long runs, when you do your short runs. So I think there's still a lot of swing, a lot of hidden hidden tweaks that we don't necessarily spot because teams know what they're doing and nobody else does. And what is the feeling that you're getting about these shorter practice sessions so far? Do you feel that the teams are struggling with them or do you think that ultimately they will adjust and it will be better across the board? I think they'll think they'll adjust to it. I think it's good in terms, just in terms of action. That they look to watch them is is better. You're seeing a lot more cars go around. There's not never a moment where there's an empty track for ten minutes. So I think it works from that perspective. I think the issue may well come if we have a situation where there's a lengthy red flag or a run of two or three red flags and there's not much running. So whereas up in previous years you could lose half an hour of running and it teams would still be able to get there a decent amount of running and have a full hour still left whereas now if you lose 30 minutes because of red flags and interruptions you can't get your all your work done in 30 minutes so I, I, I reckon there'll come a point where we'll have an, an instant affected session and there'll be little running and then the teams will start saying we need to extend these sessions if there's a, a red flag or something so we'll, we'll wait for that but I'm sure it's coming at some point. We saw today that the sessions were interrupted by a couple of red flags. 
and we did see quite a few spins today. What is it about this track that makes it more difficult and that is causing some of these spins that we've seen? I know that in some cases, for instance, Mazepin, the spins are partially caused by the fact that the car is just so difficult to handle. Um, but what is it about this track specifically? Uh, it's old, well, partly because it's old school, it's narrow. Uh, it doesn't have, you know, five mile runoff areas of asphalt where if you make a mistake, it doesn't really matter. You know, some tracks you go to, you could go off at a, a 200 mile an hour um, entry and run well wide and you'll still be, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of metres from the nearest barrier. Um, here, you know, it's it's a curb that you need to be aggressive on. You need to use the curbs here. So you're already minimising the, the room for error. Curb, small bit of grass, gravel trap, wall. So as Charles, I think Leclerc's incident was a, the perfect example. You make a slight error on the entry and you kind of need to be pushing to that limit to be quick there. Uh, you go for a correction and if you're offline, that's it. You've made the mistake and you're out. And I think, you know, while team, some teams may not like the fact that small errors, you know, are punished that badly, it is actually, I think the drivers actually quite like it. I think they'd much prefer a situation where um, you make an error, you pay for it um, and you're out rather than, um, you know, the other solution of you make an error and it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I have seen quite a few drivers saying that they actually quite like the punishing nature of this track. And I suppose that it takes away a grey area that we have in quite a few other tracks that we visit throughout the season, which is a good thing, even though not so good in terms of the damage that it inflicts on the car. But looking forward to tomorrow, to wrap things up, who do you think we should keep an eye on for qualifying? And who do you think should be a bit more worried going into tomorrow? Uh, so I think tomorrow, the, the, I think the things to watch in the morning, are first, how um, how Red Bull approaches that session, what they get through in that, that final hour. They need a good good final free practice tomorrow. They need both cars out there, maximising the laps, um, you know, getting whatever long runs they need to get need to do the short runs the you know the low fuel quality simulations at the end of fb3 they need a, a complete box tick on that if they're gonna get this weekend properly back on track so i think that's something to watch i think the other thing will be interesting tomorrow is just just seeing how mercedes deal with these soft tires um could well be that um the the a balance shift to the medium tire just suits that mercedes better we, we know they're struggling with the rear ends so may, maybe there's something that the medium tire um, just suits the car much, much better than the soft does, which explains why there doesn't seem to be this performance step. That'll be interesting to see in FP3. Um, and then also if, you know, AlphaTauri and Ferrari can can keep the momentum going because I've not seen anything yet to suggest they were deliberately running low fuel or doing bonsai qualifying runs today. They look generally quick. Um, so it'd be interesting to see where they slot, slot in and if they are as close, especially AlphaTauri, if they are as close to that top two battle as, as it's looked so far. And there you have it. Well, we'll see how tomorrow shapes up and we'll, of course, be back to discuss all of the action that we see on track. But that is all from us today. Before you go, here's what you can see right now on Autosport+. Plus. Alex Kalinorkas writes about what Mercedes must do to keep its F1 title challenge on track. Adam Cooper explains why Ferrari's significant step isn't enough for Leclerc. And David Malsha asks if Penske can redress the balance in IndyCar's battle of the Titans. New subscribers who sign up today can use the promo code PODCAST during checkout to save 50% off their first payment. 
Go to autosport.com forward slash plus and click sign in at the top of the page. Then use that promo code podcast for 50% discount. Thank you all for listening today and we'll be back tomorrow. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you served in the Vietnam, Gulf War, or post-9-11 eras, you may be eligible for expanded VA benefits. A new law known as the PACT Act provides disability compensation, health care, free toxic exposure screenings, and more to veterans who are exposed to toxins during their military service. You can submit a claim for your PACT Act-related benefits now. Claims received by August 10, 2023 may be paid back to August 10, 2022. Visit va.gov/pact to learn more and file your claim. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.